I invented yep. a straw, a type of straw the other day. Keep your straw thing to yourself. <clears throat> My family are functioning alcoholics almost across the board. See that chair it used to be gone. So if it turned out koalas were good for erections, we'd be dragging them out of the trees. Send it! So, so much frothing. So much frothing. <laughs> I didn't even get stomped in the dick. That's my junk. Yeah, put it away. It's... What Minecraft? That, that's it. Are you going to introduce it? Um, yeah, well, let's start with the, like, we're back. It's exciting to be back, you know. That's it. Yeah. Was that that? Was that the start? <laughs> eight weeks off podcasting and that's our intro. Uh, Has it really been eight weeks off? I to do it. It's been a long time because the last one was 20 tangents with Wazza and I was crook then and I only just recovered. Yeah, right. Yeah. It doesn't, it's, well, every week blends into every other week here. So, like, it could be three weeks, could be eight weeks. I wouldn't have a clue. But it's a time warp. Well, I had, so the reason we haven't been doing it, I've been real crook and, like, the lungs filled up with water. I had bronchitis. I sounded like AM radio, like, I was proper crackling. It was the death rattle. It was all a bad time. So, uh, but I'm on the mend. I quit the booze. It turns out not drinking makes you healthier. Yeah, it's it's unheard of. We are one off the wood, but I think so. I haven't had a drink for 12 weeks as of today, and like there are benefits to it. I've learnt over the 12 week period quite a few benefits. Give us a quick quick benefits of not drinking or drinking either one. Oh, the benefits of not drinking. Uh, early mornings all the time we feel better on a monday as opposed to worse on a monday so you hit the ground yep. feeling really good um yeah i don't know the first it's the first few weeks are the hard one because you're like you want to give yourself a drink as little a celebration to end your week or something you know you finish something have a beer so it takes a while to sort of unlearn that part of it but because you want to give yourself a little treat so you end up treating yourself in other ways but but anyway i did 12 weeks pretty happy with that but i'm gonna break the drought live with uh this has been in the fridge for 12 weeks it's an out-of-date well, cor- looking at it yeah it's out-of-date corona so i'll break it now oh it's good <laughs> That's the problem with beer is it's delicious and it's also got those happy memories, the flavours, the smell. Like there are a lot of good memories that come along with beer. That's the that's the problem. It's a cool mistress. It's a cool a mistress. Very cruel mistress. Cool, a cool one. Cruel. She's cool. Yeah, she's not cruel. Best served. The chilled. coolest ones are. are yeah. So are anyway, cruel. that's that's what I've been doing. But yeah, back on it because I, I thought would just I'd not drink through the lockdown, but week twelve far out. Um, so yeah. But we've got a special, special episode. So you tell me, tell me what's so special about this episode. Mate, this, this is a podcast I feel like I've waited my whole life for, but in reality, people older than me have waited their whole life for. This is a podcast for everyone whose heart beats true for the red and the blue, my mighty Melbourne football club, the Demons. We're going to talk a bit about them and what it means to me as a D's fan and hopefully get a few people on the bandwagon and I want people to share this with their friends that are going to the final and not actually supporting a team because I went to the GWS Geelong game at Optus and it was sterile 
the atmosphere could only be described as sterile. It was like going to a charity ball, you know, like, and not a good one, like a charity ball where Julie Bishop isn't the guest speaker. Julie. Like, you know, you're there and everybody knows when to clap appropriately, um, but you don't really want to go. You're trying to be on good behavior. You don't really give a shit. And then once you're boozed at the end, you're all on the dance floor and, you know, towards the end of the game, once you've had a few tins, that's exactly the atmosphere. And I don't want the final to be like that. Yeah. So what you're actually talking about there, just to give it context, is AFL, Australian Football League, they can't. They normally have all this stuff happening in Melbourne and most of the teams are based in Melbourne. But now everything's happening in Perth because the rest of the country's in lockdown. So you're saying you're going to these games, they're not. neither of the teams are a home team and no one's getting around it. But the GF will be in Perth and we need some bandwagon jumpers. Is that, is that what's happening? We need happening? people to get on board. And like I want them to appreciate not only the footy club, but the people that support the footy club as well. So I've got a bit of a, a brief history of the footy club. Um, you know, the recent uh, success and... Or sorry, the not so recent successes or the lack of it. Um, so yeah, do you want to just jump into it? Yeah, jump into it. I was going to do it dollop style. Like, um, you know, he just uh, chops in with a date. Randomly. Chop in. Give us your best dollop impression. July 10th, 1858. Year of our A letter Lord. was written. Jesus Christ. <laughs> A letter was written by Thomas Wentworth Mills. It was published in Bell's Life in Victoria and Sporting Chronicle. He proposes a football club to keep the Victorian cricketers fit in the winter. What? Later. <laughs> well, hang on. Just hang on. Wait, but, wait, wait. He proposes a football club. Yep. Was football invented? Uh, well, football was invented and played um, as like a, a sort of a variation on what's called Marnbrook. The Aboriginals invented it. It's in Moyston. That's a different history lesson. But it's okay. uh, Moyston in Victoria. That's where it's derived. It's quite mm. interesting history of that, but that's not what we're about. We're not here. talking about we're that, about but I just, it just seems like a random thing to come up with if the sport doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> well, l- let me read on. Carry on. So Jerry Bryant organised a few games. He's a publican, by the way, in Melbourne. With a, uh, a match representing Melbourne and South Yarra taking place in Yarra Park on the 25th of September, the date the grand final is going to be played on this year, 1858. Right. Thomas Ray kicks one goal for the match to give Melbourne side the victory as the first AFL or Australian rules football game that happened. So, that, so they were the first club is what you're telling me. Melbourne Demons versus, uh, yeah, South Yarra someone. I wonder what South Yarra looked like in 1858. Probably not what it's like now. Do you reckon they had high fashion on Chapel Street back then or just <laughs> horses and carts? By look, the look of some of the, the get-up that these guys were getting around in, like knickerbockers and suits oh. and they all wore hats playing. Yes, 100%. I reckon it looks very similar, in fact. Yeah, right. So Dude's South Yarra's, in weird polished <laughs> South Yarra's always and... been a bit fancy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so 1859, the following year, 10 rules were agreed on to form the Australian Rules Football. The Melbourne Footy Club formalised as a club and a number of games played throughout the year. The Melbourne Footy Club finished the first season undefeated without conceding a single goal, which is not surprising considering they invented the rules of the game. <laughs> you can't, yeah. They invented the rules and they they played against a bunch of fancy boys from South Yarra. Like how many teams were there the second year? I'm not sure. I mean, it seems like a number, a few of them, but they're not really, you know, this is, important given that Melbourne won. Yeah, it's a good way. It's, 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 we've been, they've been paying for that for the, for the next hundred years. And it's like you invented a sport so you could win. 
And yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Be like the English and cricket and how we beat them. Um, anyway, so that turned into the, the Victorian Football Association, uh, later the VFL in 1896. And there were yep. eight foundation teams um, to create that later becoming the, the um, AFL that we know when you got in West Coast and, and Frio and these other clubs. So as growing up in Melbourne, I was born into being a Melbourne supporter. I didn't have a choice. My, my dad goes for Melbourne. His dad goes for Melbourne. I'm sure old Noel, Grandpa Noel, he went for Melbourne as well. You're just born into a team. You don't have a choice. It's just who you support and you're unwavering, absolutely unwavering in that. Um, I think that era where my old man grew up, the D's had some had some success. And, and we'll get on to that. I could have easily been a Collingwood supporter. I mean, first of all, fake front teeth. I got them fixed. My sister and my mum go for Collingwood, so it could have gone either way, but I was a D's fan. You were born who, into who it. Who did you go for? Molded by it. <laughs> Mate, have you got this, a team? This is an embarrassing question for me, especially when I lived in Melbourne. So when I was a kid, I followed West Coast Eagles because my uncle was from Perth and he followed them and I thought that was a good idea. And that was in their glory days when they were like through the 90s when they were winning premierships. But then I stopped giving a fuck. And since then, I have not followed a team. I, my dad follows Richmond, so I jump on the Richmond bandwagon occasionally. Yep. But, um, but I'm happy to jump on this year on the Melbourne train just to get, get around it. I'm not going to claim it. So go. <laughs> Did your disdain for AFL um, come from playing gigs at the snow where they'd have the footy playing bef- behind you on a Friday night? I remember you just walking off stage like, fuck it, I'm not... I'm not playing any more music until well, the football finishes when we used to play tunes me and tommy g at the snow line no not the snow line the whatever the pub is in dinner plane they would ask us to play starting at half time with the football still on so then like it's like can we wait till the football finishes please and then yeah we'd always chant fuck the football and then you've got some people want to see us most people want to see the football it's it's a nightmare you can't play music when the footy's on no, but no, that's not the okay. only. So, I don't, and I don't have a disdain for AFL. I just never played it. I was a basketball player. Okay. Um, so but this season, I watched one game on TV, which is which one was? more than I watched last year. Oh, I can't remember. <laughs> last year, I only watched the grand final. So that's. <laughs> but like, look, well, you're on board now. When you live in Melbourne and you work in an office, and you don't follow a football team, like people don't know how to how to handle that. Like they can't, because it's the only thing that they can talk about, and it's fucking bizarre. It's like you come in for the weekend, like, oh, how about the the D's or whatever? It's like, yeah, can we talk about something else? Answer is <laughs> in Melbourne. No, you're not allowed to. You've got to have a team, and they're solid. They're rock solid. I these, did, these I, but people. I so ten years living in Melbourne, no team, which is pretty hardcore. Pretty hardcore. Most people. English people move to Melbourne and get on a bandwagon. Not me. No team. 10 years. Suck on that. <laughs> Stay strong. All right. So everybody's aware the D's have made the grand final this year. It's played in a week's time. Yep. It's been 57 years. Everybody keeps talking about it. 57 years since they won a grand final. Now, they're not, they haven't won the least grand finals in the AFL. They've been the longest at this stage, but it's not the longest streak. Um, I think the Doggies went 62 years. They won in 2016. Uh, they've won two flags. Actually, the last flag they won was against Melbourne in 1954. 
and St Kilda have only won one flag as well. So, it, you know, it's not about the time. It's about what it is to be a, a Melbourne sport and you've got to understand it to appreciate it. I really think so. So quick context for that year. So what, what year did they win? 1957, did you say? Uh, no, it's been 57 years. Oh, so I've got some history coming years. up on uh, on the year that they won, 1964. <clears throat> so just to put that in context, Instagram wasn't invented there was no Twitter. Yep. There was no Tesla. It's all the I can Beatles think of. toured Australia, uh, <laughs> and in the same year, well, Tokyo hosted the Olympics in wow. 1964. That's a sign. That's a sign. That's uh, yeah, could be, could be. So obviously, global sport. There's a lot of uh, you know stories that I think it's the Cubs went 107 years or something without winning it. You know, Canadian hockey teams haven't won the Stanley Cup. All that bullshit. But it's not yep. about the 57 years. It's about what it means to be a Melbourne footy club member. So I'll take you through the recent history. We've skipped forward 100 years. Um, 1954, the Doggies beat uh, Melbourne by 54 points in the grand final and then starts the golden era of the Melbourne footy club. So 10 years, eight grand final appearances, six premierships, three in a row, five out of six. It was huge. 1956, Granny was one in front of 115,000 fans. These are the glory days. So Perth with your 60,000-seat stadium, wind it back to 115,000 people at the G. That's the sort of precedent you're going to have to live up to next week. So this is around it. in the 50s, playing yep. in front of 115,000. That's like the entire population yep. of Melbourne, maybe. Pretty much. Most people were there. <laughs> Epic. So in that 10 years, they didn't finish lower than fourth. And... What actually came out of that, Norm Smith was the coach and he was later named Coach of the Century. He, he, um, they actually named the winner, the best player on the day in the grand final gets given the Norm Smith medal after Norm Smith, who was the Melbourne coach. And since that time, Melbourne, not even there. No Melbourne players won the Norm Smith and they're actually known as the curse of Norm Smith. I was going to say Norm Smith haunting the Norm Smith medal. Making sure that he's the yes. only Melbourne player. Well, I guess does he get it for his big year, or no? He's never won his own medal. No, because you got to be player. He was the coach. Oh, he was the coach. That, that ten years. Yeah. Oh, so gotcha. They named it after him. So nineteen sixty-four flag. He must have done something bad in his life for a Melbourne. Well, people be, love him. People love him. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we just got rid of him uh, unceremoniously. Yeah. But back in that day, there was only 12 teams. So 1964, we actually beat Collingwood in uh, the semi-final by 89 points and then only just beat them by four points in the grand final. So it, it was pretty exciting, um, you can imagine. And for some context, my grandpa was younger than I am now. He was 33 years old when Melbourne last won. He's now passed on. Um, he was a he Melbourne supporter. Big Melbourne fan, 50-year member of the MCC. He um, he actually took my dad to, along to the game um, at the MCG. And dad would have been eight, almost nine years old yep. uh, at the time. And they got standing room tickets. So dad didn't see shit. He, he couldn't see a thing, single thing um, for the game. The only thing he said he remembers is partaking him into the rooms after the footy. He could, he could go down and see the players. And he just remembers meeting Ron Barassi's dick in the bath. And, you know, it was right there at, at his height. Ron that, Barassi. That's his scarred memory. Ron Barassi, very famous Melbourne so football um, So he had his player. dick out? Well, they're in the bath. The boy's just in the bath after the game. And that's what gr- my dad remembers. Do they still have the group baths? 
I don't, I'm not sure. Probably behind closed behind doors. Behind closed doors. I'd say so, yeah. Yeah. That's actually, so, that's an incredible story. That's, so, <laughs> that's amazing. The point of that being, even though my old man, who's now mid-late 60s, he doesn't remember an AFL grand final where Melbourne win. Being born in that 50-year period, that 10-year period where they dominated, he still doesn't remember it. But he remembers he young. Ron Barassi's dick. Ron Barassi's... But that yeah, was the yes. that was the day. That was the day after the grand final went the last game Ron Barassi played for the Demons. He went to Carlton after that. That was the day after the grand final that he was in the bath. No, no, the day of the grand final. Yeah. They, they finished the game and then everyone comes down to the rooms. All so, you, so at least people. your dad has a memory of that day, <laughs> yeah. even if it's not the actual win. And your granddad yep. was thirty three, uh, much younger than you. You are now. That's that. For me, when I figure that out, it's really like, wow, it's been a proper long time. Yeah, amazing. So, from that day, it was 23 years before Melbourne would actually finish in the top four again, before we'd actually make finals. 23 years, the curse of Norm Smith. Ouch. So, it, a lot had changed. The VFL had become the AFL. Um, zoning had changed. So, they used to just pick up players by where you were, um, what zone you were in. But then they've expanded it. They were actually recruiting people from um, interstate and also overseas as well. So famously, we got Jim Steins, who very famous player. I don't know if you remember him. Yeah, Andy I remember we him. in St Kilda, he actually passed away and they had a big uh, parade state funeral. Down, yep. yep, I remember. Down uh, Flinders Street. Yeah, big big deal. So 87, he's, um, he's debuted, right? And Melbourne were on the up. We've got Ron Barassi has come back and he's coaching. He's big, so dick. we thought the Messiah is back. He's gonna he's gonna sort it out for Melbourne. We're back. Twenty three years. Here we go. Wazza was born a few years before that, by the way. Uh, so eighty seven. Very dramatic end to the season. Melbourne to make the finals, were actually playing the Bulldogs. In the last game of the season, and we needed to win. So right. we needed to win that. We were down at three quarter time, down at half time. They needed to win that to make the finals. Came back. Started winning, we're about 15 points up. But also, we needed Hawthorne to beat Geelong at Cadinia Park, down in Geelong, for us to go through as well. So we needed a few things to happen. So everybody's listening to the transistor radios in the stands at the same time, both games running at the same time. And the big guy, uh, you'd, you'd know, even you, mate, an a, a, a AFL... Uh, I know all the names. Just because I don't follow so, the team so, doesn't mean I don't know what's right, going big, on. Big, um, big Hawthorne forward in the 90s, kicked heaps of goals. Oh, yeah, Jason Dunstall. No. Nailed it. Yeah, Jason Dunstall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. So Dunstall kicks a goal and puts them up by three points. So the Ds are in the final. It's big. It's huge. They deserve to be there. Elimination final, they beat North Melbourne by 118 points. Then they beat Sydney by 76 points. And then it comes down to the prelim final against the Hawks. The Ds are up. They haven't put them away, but they're up. The game's closing seconds of the game and uh, Gary Buccanara takes a mark out on the wing, forward side of the wing. Seconds tick by, siren goes, Jim Steins, the Irish recruit, runs through the mark and gives a 15-metre penalty to Hawthorne. So he's out of scoring range, but because he, Jim Steins ran through the mark... A bit like Mason Cox, like he was a, a bit of an experiment giant guy, but like he, Jim Science could actually play and wasn't a dickhead. You know, he's quite humble. Mason Cox, dickhead. Anyway, he uh, g- 
Gary Bacanara just nails this goal from 50 metres and then Melbourne are out. We don't make the grand final that year. A heartbreaking. Did all the right things. Should have been there. And Jim Steins is still <clears throat> a legend. He managed to get through that and still he, be loved. Still be loved. Well, <clears throat> he, he did well. A couple of years later, he, uh, he actually won the Brownlow medal uh, for that. And Maxi Gorn wears his number 11 today as the Ruckman um, for the Ds. So he played the finals next year, 1988. Um, beat West Coast, beat Collingwood, uh, beat Carlton. And... Uh, were you uh, born the, in '88? Mate, the granny. I was born. I was I was born '85. So yeah. Um, we made the the grand final against Hawthorne in 1988. The next year, so it's back redemption time. We got beaten by 96 points. Wow, we 96, <laughs> 96 points. Now, thankfully, I don't remember this era. Um, my first memories of the Melbourne Footy Club come around the 90s when 1990 Collingwood won. My mum and my sister go for Collingwood and I remember watching on TV. My mum was there, probably like the biggest waste of a ticket, didn't drink a single beer. And uh, <laughs> come thought, on. Oh, this is a big deal, this AFL grand final sort of business. You know, I, that was my first sort of memories. And then going to primary school, like it was, it was like, um, you know, colours in those days were as important as they were back in Rosa Parks days. You know, it was all about what colours you were wearing to school. You had to be, you know, the Ds, your Hawks, Geelong, whoever you are, you'd represent. I'd wear, wear my colours whenever I could to the um, to the footy. Now, Jim Steins, Alan Jakovic, Gary Lyon, Todd Viney, the Phoebe brothers, Sean Smith, these are the sort of players I have their posters on my wall. Now, a couple of their sons are actually playing for, for the Ds now. Uh, 91, I started remembering it. We got beaten by West Coast at the Wacker in the finals. So we got put out. West Coast, your team, now have uh, joined, they would have joined been, the AFL. <clears throat> would have been my team back then. There's more teams to beat. Um, 1994, I distinctly remember asking my mum, I was like, how come Melbourne are no good? Because I asked her, I said, when, when are we going to get to win? Because we kept getting beaten, man. And I was like... Oh, four years. Like, I've seen them have success. And I'll never forget it. Where it was after Vic Kick, as it was called, Quick now. I'm wearing my full Melbourne kit. And I said, Mum, how come Melbourne are no good? When are we going to be good? And she said, don't worry. They'll have their year. Everybody gets to win eventually. You, you'll have your year. They'll, they just sort of take it in turns. And I'll never forget that. And I was like, yes, we're going to have our year. <laughs> Mum said, we're going to have our year. So that was 1994. <laughs> and look, Robin was right in hindsight, but... She was yeah pl- playing the long game, playing the long game. Maybe, so, maybe. I've been waiting, and then then we went through ninety four, ninety six was what I call the Joseph Gutnick years. There was actually Melbourne. We were just shit. We we dropped off. We we were no good. They were actually going to merge Melbourne and Hawthorne at that time. Now shit. Melbourne had no money. Trading insolvent. Um, big Joey Gutnick, famous uh, Orthodox Jewish fellow, takes uh, takes over as the manager. He, um, which kind of sucked for me at that time because that's when I was really frothing on footy. And because of that, we never played on Saturdays. We'd only play Sunday and I played club footy and I couldn't go to Friday night games mm. as well. So they scheduled around that. So it's kind of shit, but Joey sort of propped us up and stopped it. When they had the vote for the merger, the Melbourne footy board all voted yes in favour of the merger, but the Hawthorne footy club said no. So it got voted down. And then 
that year or the year after they merged the Brisbane Bears with the Fitzroy Lions. Yep. To make the Brisbane Lions. So what? So we could have folded completely. Could have been club. gone, and that would have been tragic. Yep. Being the oldest team, what like jurisdiction does Melbourne actually represent? Is it like the CBD, like Melbourne, West Melbourne, North? Oh, not North Melbourne. Well, they used to have the intakes. I'm not too sure. At the moment, they've got Casey. They're out out down the freeway a fair way. Yeah, right. In, in Melbourne, but they were um, Sandringham on the beach. They've sort of moved around a little bit. And that was a big part of like playing for the G. Playing for Melbourne meant you got to play at the MCG. Yeah, yeah. So they 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 recruited well through the 50s. You imagine going out to a country footballer and be like, hey, mate, you can play at the MCG every week. But like people loved it. That was so such a big draw card. And they took Massive. that away when they got rid of zoning. So you, you had to, you know, recruit on drafts and, and be a bit smarter about it and... I think they got Shepparton as a zone for country recruits, which sucked. They just had no good players come out of there. Shepparton. COVID hellhole at the moment, but um, off topic. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I've just got Wikipedia up and they've, they've put it into ages. It's like the first era you talked about, they've called the Age of Greatness, which is the 30s to the mid-60s. And then they've got the decades yep. of disappointment. <laughs> which <laughs> Decades, plural. Yeah, decades of disappointment. And what you've been talking about, they've called the roller coaster years. Yep. Ups it's and up downs. And down. We had some things to cheer about. Jim Steins played 277 consecutive games in 1997. So no injury. Consecutive games. No injuries. I think he broke his arm and still played it with a cast on it one day. <laughs> Surely that's, that's, that's not big. legal. They wouldn't let you do that these days. Well, imagine running not, through someone with a cast. Like, <laughs> yeah, poof. brilliant. But you wear shin guards. Um, so, nineteen ninety-seven. Coincidentally, also the year I got given my last Melbourne jumper. So it was about four sizes too big, and uh, I still wear it today. I rock it. It's got the Tui's, um label on it. When you say you got Tui's, given, uh, who who give it yep. to you? Well, I didn't buy it. I was I was like. I don't know, 11 years old. Your Mom parents bought it, bought it for you. So bought, yeah. yeah, okay, gotcha. How old were you and in 97? last jumper. 10. Uh, yeah, about 11, 12. Yep, gotcha. Thereabouts. So yeah, the roller coaster years, it, it doesn't get better from there. We actually made a grand final in 2000. Okay. Against Essendon. But for those that follow AFL, 2000 was the year of Essendon. They won 24 out of 25 games. They were absolutely incredible and basically nobody wanted to play them. Um, so Melbourne... Like James Hurd's glory days? Potentially. I think he probably would have been playing in those days. Seems yeah. like it. But they um, they absolutely made us look stupid. I was there at the G. They ended up... We ended up losing by 60 points, but it felt like hundreds of points. It was it was terrible. And accidentally Shane Wywoden... We accidentally made the grand final and Shane Wowoden accidentally won a Brownlow medal, which is still baffling to this day because then he, just like Melbourne, just disappeared, you know, just never okay. to play a good game again, um, I don't think, which is, you know, very reminiscent. Was he playing for we Melbourne? We missed the finals the following year. He was playing for Melbourne, yeah. Perth, Perth boy. Okay. So 2000, um, the next, we, yeah, I think we, we might have even finished... Um, on the bottom that next year. What oh no, it was. Yeah, go on. What is a member like? You need members because members pump money into the club. Is that 
Yeah. Is that true? It's one way of getting money into the club. Or is it the only way yeah, to get absolutely. money to the club? No, it, it, it's members, but it's sponsors. But the sponsors want to play for the teams that get the good coverage that all the people watch. So yeah. you're winning, you get better sponsors. People turn up to your game, you your home games, you get the match fees, like yep. for the, the ticket on the gate. Yep. So do you, in these years that aren't going well, does membership stay strong or does it wane? I, I don't know. For Melbourne, it's definitely gone up. We've got the most members that we've ever had, about 55,000. Do you get but some sort of MCG privileges if you're a, a Melbourne uh, member? You get home game memberships. So as any club member, you'll get a um, a ticket to every home game. Uh, and then that's sort of like what you pay your membership. You get a scarf and you know, yeah. and stick you, it for the car. You're an MCC member or you used to be. I'm MCC, so I'm the classic Melbourne supporter. You know, I, I disappear during winter to go to the snow. Um, I love a good cheese platter and I don't buy a Melbourne membership because I've got a ticket to the game and to the granny and every final. And, you know, next time Ariana Grande plays at the G, I've probably got a free ticket to that as well. Right. So because you're a fancy MCC member, loves a, a nice triple brie or a, maybe a smoked yeah. cheddar... Um, Ooh, yeah, yes. and a trip, oh, yes. a trip to yeah, the high country to to yep. drink red wine by the fire and maybe ski a few uh, green runs, and then um, I like the tight turns. Yeah, yeah. yep, yep. Keep, and then you pop back parallel. But so you're not a member. I'm a cli- cliche as they come. Not a member. It's a fucking <laughs> disgrace. Like I'm a fucking absolute disgrace myself. And not a member. I tell you what has been good. People have come through with memberships. People who are in Melbourne appreciating we need to get these fans over. So there's, there's been Tom Barton, biggest uh, advocate, bloke from school. Out to you, Tommy. Thanks for the uh, membership codes to get us to the prelim and to get us to the uh, to the granny this week coming up. So Right on. A few more of those. Um, let me Where tell are we you some to? more about the dark times. Keep, We're into 2006. 2006. 2006. So I, let me just put some context around 2006. You and I good. knew each other yep. by then. So we're in the we're in the recent future. Yes. Past. We are. We are. <laughs> recent past. Melbourne, Melbourne play their next final series since 2000. So we had a few years off. And we actually played, I uh, can't remember who we played in the first game, but the second game we played against Fremantle at Subiaco in Freo. Now... We lost, so it was pretty disappointing. But that's the night you were at Hotham already. Dan, uh, Dan, and the crew were coming over from Tassie to go up to Hotham, and Damo and I went and met Dan in town. And I think Mim, his wife, um, well, I know she stayed in Tassie, so it's more of a boys' trip. And we actually took Dan uh, and his pals to the strippers and spent all these weeks spending money at the snow <laughs> at hot lap dances. And Mim wasn't happy. <laughs> no, That's how I remember I that vaguely, game. Now so that you say that, that rings a bell. It does ring a bell. <laughs> yeah. No money. Accidentally spent it all at the Melbourne Strippers. <laughs> I remember getting on the train the next day home um, and a demo. And, I, and I'm like, we're sitting on the train completely by ourselves. And I'm like, all I can smell is girls perfume i'm like man i fully stink like girls going home my girlfriend's gonna pick us up at the train station i was like fuck i'm gonna i better send a quick text and admit to what's happened now (laughs) before she smells stripper scent all over me yep uh good time (laughs) still wearing my melbourne guernsey uh anyway after 2006 straight back to the bottom of the ladder in fact 2008 2009 wooden spoon 
bottom of the barrel, couldn't win a fucking game. We were so bad. Obviously, GWS and the Gold Coast are in now. We were so bad, we got accused of cheating in, in 2013. They I was going to say... accused us of cheating. Yeah. Tanking. Do you remember that? No, I read it on Wikipedia before. The tanking investigation. <laughs> so what, what are you thinking? Do you think... Do you think they tanked? Because if you tank and you come last, you get better draft picks, right? So, yeah, exactly. So what happened is the the players didn't tank. They The players that took the field played their hearts out. But All of them? the coaches didn't select certain players. Certain players went and had early surgeries for, you know, prepare for the next season. So yeah. I, I believe that, yeah. You know, the coaching staff made a few decisions that were potentially unethical with trying to win the game. But when you fuck that bad for years, you know, what are you going to do? And like who's... like, It's not in the spirit of things. Like, all right, go and get your knee surgery now. You're our star player. With This year's cooked anyway. So yep. it's kind of... Have, have a break. Yeah, it's borderline, right? Like what, what are you playing for at that point? Exactly. Literally nothing. So in 2011, we got beaten by Geelong by 186 points. Wow. Like these are the years of watching Melbourne, if they'd play it on TV, not not like you knew you were going to lose. It was just like, can we lose by less than 10 goals? That'd be a win. Please. Like, can we kick a goal in each quarter? It was fucked, mate. It was honestly like so hard to be a D supporter because you just knew. You, you were going to lose. I didn't see a game where we won. I went to the games at the G. I didn't see us win a game for four or five years at least. And I remember the la- next game I saw us win was against the Gold Coast. We won by three goals and we only just won and it felt like we lost. It was horrendous. Is that when Gold Coast were a struggling sort of new team? Yeah, yeah. They, were, they were new, they were shit. We, like we, should, they were, we were playing against kids and we only just won. We had the worst percentage... Uh, since 1906, we only won two games. It was just horrendous. So that's 10 years ago, eight years ago, in fact. Did you Paul think- Ruse. Sorry, go on. Paul, Paul Ruse, new coach. Time to get rid of the coach. So Paul Ruse is in. And I think this is the turning point for Melbourne. I like Paul Ruse. He's, what year are we in, sorry? Premierships. What year? 2014. 2014, okay. Okay, so eight years ago. Seven years ago. Yep. Rosie's coaching and he's got this hard, no bullshit approach. He knows how to coach a footy team. And he changed the sort of style of the play. This is like the Nathan Jones era, who's the big hard man, played his 300th this year. He's just um, flown back to Melbourne. He actually had twins uh, this week. And he's sort of been, he played his 300th and he's been borderline on the team. But the team this year has been too good. So he's missed out. He hasn't quite made it in. Jonesy, he's a tough man, but he's built this team from from 2014. 2017, Simon Goodwin takes over as coach. Little bit of success. 2018, Melbourne had a good season. Right. No one was expecting it. Good season, made the finals. Were you expecting it? Uh, I wasn't because as a lifelong Melbourne supporter, you never set expectations. You don't get your it doesn't up. matter if they're the favourites. And you always bet on the other team, no matter how long the odds are. <laughs> I've spent so much money on sports bet this year, just dropping coin. Should I be doing that against next Melbourne. week? Like, should I be dropping? Put everything bank? on it. I'll send you a hundred bucks, please. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't decided how much money I'm going to bet on the Bulldogs in this grand final. Like, just head to head, twenty no grand, small win, big win. Like, it, it'll be paying for a win. What would make me happy? Melbourne's like, the favourite, right? Three hundred bucks. 
Melbourne are favourites, but it's a very, very 50-50. Yep, yep. Okay, so Melbourne, we, we were on fire, right? Uh, this 2018. Is in 2018, 2018, bit of, bit of uh, serendipitous here. My grandpa, who went to the 1964 grand final with dad, he passed away at the last round of the season uh, in 2018. So Melbourne's had a good year and he was he was up and about. He, he was not real there towards the end of the year, but he knew that the Ds were playing well. Yep. I'd seen him a couple of weeks before and, and you know, you couldn't get much out of him, but he knew that Melbourne were playing. The, the nurses at the nursing home had put it on for him. Nice. And... Um, so I came back to Melbourne from Perth, obviously for his funeral. But it was great because I got to see the D's play in the finals. And we went, we played Geelong, we beat them by twenty nine points, and I was there thanks to Pa. It was great. It was it made me real happy. The next week we played Hawthorne, and I got to see him flog Hawthorne as well. I was like, this is amazing. Like what a what a great time. Awesome. We're on fire. We'd beaten recently beaten West Coast, flogged them in Perth, and now we were coming to Perth to play West Coast in a prelim to get into the finals with momentum. In hindsight, maybe a bit early for the Ds, the side at the time, but they were up and about. Prelim final, we've lost at the Wacker against West Coast. We've lost at Subiaco against West Coast in a prelim. Oh, sorry, against Frio. We didn't turn up. I turned up at the game. You were there? Melbourne did not turn up. They, did, they didn't kick goal till the third quarter. It was fucked. It was over within five minutes. It was absolutely scarring. They just dominated us. And how, how did you respond uh, to that on the night? Like, did you go on a, like a horrible spiral bender or did you just take it on the chin well, as a Melbourne supporter? As a Melbourne supporter, all the Melbourne supporters, there was a nod of recognition. We sat in our seats for the first quarter. We got up to get beers. We did not return to our seats. We stood up and drank our beers in the like standing <laughs> bit behind the chairs. We were like, well, fuck it. And, but everyone knows as a D supporter, like this is what you're used to. Like, yep, you know, she's rubbed me up to a half chub and then called an Uber and gone home. Every time. You just can't, you, you can't get excited. So the D's fans, you know, we were okay with it. We're not sore losers because we're fucking good at losing. Yep. Better than tanking for the wooden spoon. At least you're in the finals having a crack. <laughs> at least. At least we're in the finals and we had a crack. And, and it was exciting to play footy into September. So a little bit scarred. The next season, having finished, you know, that's effectively top four. Where do you think we finished? Bottom of the ladder. 17th, yeah. So 18 teams. <laughs> we had finished second last. <laughs> Is this part of the roller coaster? This is the years? roller coaster. Of, <laughs> this isn't even the roller coaster years. It's up a little bit of success. It's straight down, and that's just why it's so hard to support the D's. But all the D's fans that I know, no one changes. No one gets a second team. We're D's fans through and through. We don't flaunt it. We're great at winning because you don't get too excited. Do you know any D's fans who didn't grow up in Melbourne? Because you know, like people jump on Melbourne teams if they're from areas that didn't have a team when they grew up. But I'm imagining they're uh, the ones that drop off. If you I don't in. know any, but there's a few um, with Western Australia because the AFL only existed, came in in the late '80s. Yeah. A lot of West Australians have Victorian teams that they go for. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so there's quite a bit of Melbourne support. I don't personally know anyone that's a D's fan. Um, it's because there isn't so, any. They all gave up in the uh, <laughs> in the roller coaster years. You can't, you can't give up. Because I don't know any. I'm trying to think from Tassie. Like everyone from Tassie has a Melbourne team, uh, except for me. 
But I don't know anyone that follows Melbourne other than you. No, because that, yeah, the, it's it's same with uh, Brad, lives down the Mornings Peninsula, doesn't know anyone. Yeah. Goes for the Ds. This, we're thinned out, we're thinned out. But we're back, mate, we're here, and it's 2021, and I tell you, I, I, I might be going a bit early, but it smells like a dynasty, Andy. This is not the roller coaster, mate. We are, we are here. The game style, the boys are all committed. It's exciting. We traded off positions with uh, the doggies for the top of the ladder all year. <clears throat> yep. And it came down to the last round of the season to decide who finishes on top. And it was Melbourne versus Geelong. And wowee, it was an exciting game. 44 points down in the third quarter. Come back. Maxi Gorn, the hero, kicks a goal after the siren to put us in. And I tell you what, I watched the whole game. I didn't turn it off. I kicked a bottle and accidentally hit the TV when they won I jumped out of the chair hit my head on the roof like yeah proper <laughs> exciting like it's in there and I'm invested because I do give a shit even though I pretend that I don't care yes I care because that's it that's the it's the classic sort of protect yourself you've if you if you put too much into it the heart can be broken but so this this game next week it feels like you're you're you are not being the standard Melbourne supporter you're going in with that, yes, we could win. Yes, we should win, and I want to win, and I'm going to support the boys. Or are you going to go in lackadaisical? Yeah, Melbourne will probably fuck this up. No, I'm, I'm on, I'm on. I tell you, I was really it's nervous. I, like literally, my entire life, I cannot actually remember going to the football and enjoying it like I did in the prelim final. I, there were great people around us. There was surrounded by Melbourne people. Ironically, in Optus in WA, but. I don't remember actually enjoying the footy as much as I did in the prelim final. The, they played great football. You look around and everybody on that team, I actually, I, I, you trust them and you love them and you want them and you know that they deserve the success. Not, not because it's been 57 years, not because it's like, oh, it's their turn. They deserve to win one eventually. This team has earned it and they just absolutely dominated Geelong, pulled their pants down, 82 points. So like when about, they get the ball, so you've got trust in the player to do the right thing. You've got confidence in yep. the team to to keep the momentum heading their way. The, Ooh, the team, exciting. everybody's on. It's exciting. And, you know, something I was looking through a few stats, getting excited because I've got the lids off, mate. I've taken the See, lid off and I am letting people know that I'm a D's fan. If they do not win next week, we should, yeah. Reach out to Woz because he's going to be in a world. <laughs> There'll be a spiral. Look out for Just him. <laughs> Sunday, not on Saturday. Le- le- reach out the following day, please. Where is it I a need, Friday night a final, hours. is it? Saturday. Saturday evening, 5.15 in um, Perth. So, 7.15, a late one for the kiddies on the... Uh, okay, Saturday night on the East Coast. On the East Coast, yep. Saturday yep. night. You'll be around it. It's... um, Mate, it's, it's anxious. It's exciting. But... I, I, just the play and the style, like I said, I've never enjoyed uh, myself so much as I did at the prelim final. So I'm a bit nervous about actually going this time. I'm pumped and I know that people are going to be getting around it. I know that there's going to be people in Perth supporting the Ds. But when you look around in the crowd, if you're at the game or this week, you're seeing people wearing Melbourne jumpers, you've got to understand, you've got to look at the sponsors on the jumpers and look those people in the eye. This isn't like Zurich, who's our, who's our current sponsor not the bandwagon supporters. I'm talking about the people. I look around, I wear a Tui's jumper. So that's 97. Drake are the years before that. LG, Primus, Hancock, AHG. These people wearing jumpers, their scars run deep as a Melbourne supporter. They've been through some shit. They've seen some shit, these people. 
that's who you want to be doing this for. Not the bandwagons, but please get behind them. These get people need them. this. This they, they need they, this. <laughs> and they've stuck through thick and thin. They they've been in a rocky marriage for years and years with an abusive spouse and they just stick by them because they know that they're going to it's going to be better get next year. Better. And this is a year that we all get our shit together. We've stayed together for the kids, but yeah, man. Well, I'm on board. I I won't be there, but um, what what do you what about the dogs, the dogs fans? Like, is there any of them in Perth? I only know a couple of Western Bulldogs fans, but what are they thinking? Yeah, Where the are same, they at? A couple of good friends as doggy fans. The doggies deserve it. They were one and two battling for the top spot with um with the D's this year absolutely chopped up in their their um prelim final dominated port adelaide when they were underdogs not favorites uh i think they deserve to be there they play a similar game to melbourne i'll tell you where melbourne's going to beat them and hopefully uh the uh, doggies coach who used to play for melbourne isn't listening um luke beverage but the difference is our our wingman and our backman play average 97 percent of the game they don't go on the bench we don't run um, changes with our wingmen. And what that means is that the backmen, obviously on the ground the whole time, they know who they're on. When they turn the ball over, they know that guy on the wing is going to be there. He's not caught in a five-minute rest for that quarter or swapping with someone else on the ball or something. Our wingmen, Langdon, Brayshaw, they're there, and that's what does it for us. They, it's a consistency and a belief and a trust that where the play is going to be. You don't have to figure it out each time. That's where we're going to beat them. You look at the stats of time spent on ground and between these two teams, and Melbourne have the top six players. So we can just Western Bulldogs take one of them out, and Melbourne's fucked. Well, just go out the other wing. We'll be right. Okay, we will be right. Awesome. Fuck yeah. Uh, we, what we, else? We, I got um got a few messages to play uh, yep. if I can download them properly yeah, from yeah. Melbourne fans, people I've known lifelong that. Uh, are behind the demons and it's funny that all of the messages that come through you can actually hear the the croaking the wavering in people's voices this is no bullshit like oh yeah come on the swans you know get on them yeah we're gonna do well good luck boys like the people you listen to the voices that uh, all the messages people are nervous and people re this actually means a shitload to people i don't know what's going to happen when they win i don't know how i'm going to react i don't know if i'm going to run on the field and hug Maxi Gorn or just sit in a seat and cry. Got to storm the field. There's not enough field storming <laughs> these days. Like they used to f storm the field when you kick 100 goals. 100 goals, yeah. Yeah, yeah all the time. We don't not do enough. that anymore. Why can't we do no. that anymore? What's changed <laughs> in the world that you can't storm the field? Become soft. Well, people don't kick 100 goals as often as well. That's what's changed. Okay. But hopefully they will. Storm uh, the field, so 100%. Get arrested. Get Hashtag. <laughs> That's, it's all other felonies involved in that. But hashtag give them hell. Get around your demons. Post a picture. Wear some red and blue. I know the doggies are red and blue as well, but uh, we know that every heartbeat's true, Andy. So I want people to enjoy these messages. For people. Have you got anything else? No, right, mate. We can end with the messages and the and the D's footy song. Yeah, no, I was going to say, go, go give us some um, some content from the final if you can at the start or just get around a few people so we can so we can feel you on the one off the wood Instagram give us something on, on the GF alright if it gets a, a bit of just we want to see how you're going so show us alright okay 
but yeah, no, we can. We'll put these messages up, and then what are we? What's the tune? What are we playing? Mate, we've got to play the Melbourne Footy Club theme song. Let's You've do got it. To know it. We're going to hear it. We're going to. Uh, I've, I've been blasting it. Give us oh, your. Give us right a quick Dunsborough. quick rendition. It's a grand old flag. It's a high flag. You got to sing it in a deep voice. It's a high flying flag. It's the emblem for you and for me. Oh me. It's the emblem of the team we love. The team of the red and the blue. Every heart beats true for the red and the blue as we sing this song to you. What do we sing? Should old acquaintance be forgot? Keep your eye on the red and the blue. Feels like there might be some copyright infringement with that last line. <laughs> but um, And why are all AFL theme songs in the same style of German umpa? Uh, I'm not sure. There's a few new ones that aren't, but I think the better ones are. Ah, in, yeah. yeah. Hey, look, it is yeah. what it is. It's the way it's it goes. Fuck yeah. All right. Raise hell. That's it. Give them hell, Dees. Come on, boys. Love it. Who Rude was. Who Rude like. It's a grand old flag. It's a high-flying flag. It's the emblem for me and for you. It's the emblem of the team we love. The team of the red and the blue. Every heart beats true for the red and the blue. As we sing this song to you. suffering Melbourne supporter where it's inbred with the family, my father, my brother, um, my three boys, all Melbourne supporters living in the town of Torquay, just, just crawling with the Geelong Cat supporters. This is just the sweetest, unbelievably sweet. Great to see the D's up there giving it a crack. Bring it home for Jonesy. Come the demons. Go D's. Was Andy Damo here, supporter of the D's and fan of what are you guys are doing on the podcast. There's no stop button on the D's this year. They're a solid group, ready for great things. Um, there's been a lot of talk about them breaking the curse or the drought, I guess, of 57 years and uh, Jonesy retiring, but the past doesn't define the team and um, it isn't their concern. Give them hell. Go D's. Come the D's!